Hi, I'm Jane, and together with Jodes, we are two proud feminists passionate about female empowerment. This podcast is our take on the real conversations, real issues, and real challenges we must stay focused on if we're going to inspire the next generation of female leaders, managers, and entrepreneurs to pick up the baton and continue the journey to equality. But be warned, there will be rants and the odd profanity, but mainly just lots of curious conversations, uplifting stories, great guests, and food for thought on the path we still have to travel. It is clear that our young girls need us to harness our gumption and to use our voices now to make the changes we all know need to happen. It's time to be a pioneer, not a passenger. To paraphrase the famous words, of a female game changer, Hollywood's iconic Bette Davis. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Hi, everybody. So welcome to Series 3, Episode 2. And we are delighted today. So we've got our first guest. We're very, very excited. First ever. You know, <laughs> very excited. Ever. Very excited. Um, so let me introduce you to our wonderful guest, Nikki Porter. She is the Chief Superintendent at Greater Manchester Police. She's also the District Commander of Rochdale area, and she's the Strategic Lead for Greater Manchester on Violence Against Women and Girls. In bracket, she's also an exhausted working mum. She would be a <laughs> title and work to do, isn't she? So um, our sort of subject, again, we're still on the same um, series, Asking Women, um women and work does it um and then we're specifically today talking about a very very big subject so i'd first just like to start by asking you really nikki uh women in work does it does it work for you well yeah it's well great question jane and thank you so much for inviting me to be your first guest. Um, i'm really really honored slightly apprehensive but yeah. very honored rubbish does um, <laughs> It worked. Um, I think I'm in a really interesting, um, challenging job um, because um, I'm part of a 24-hour service. So, you know, part of policing's 999 emergency service. So uh, it's a 24-hour um, commitment for the police, not for me personally, but for the police. So I think um, in terms of whether it works for women, I think it's got a lot better in policing because there's more women in policing. And that's that whole point, I think, about having a diverse workforce because the more women that have come into policing, um, the more we've got into different roles and um, the workforce has started to adapt around um, the requirements of, of women and working mums and uh, women with carer responsibilities. So I think I'm in a profession that I've been in for a very long time where I've seen a lot of changes over the years. Um, so it was less so when I was younger in service. It, it was, um, you didn't see many women um, with um, careers in, in diverse roles in policing. But I have to say, it has got an awful lot better. Um, and there's a lot more flexibility um, uh, around working patterns and things like that. So, but there's always more we can do, definitely. Absolutely. And I mean, you are a big supporter of Girls Out Loud and the Big Sister programme. You're just coming to the end of your journey, aren't you? And, you know, you've got some amazing women. So I, I can see that. I can see that there's like 
some big stuff happening and moving because of the quality of the women that are coming onto the program. So yeah. we're moving, aren't we? Yeah. We're moving. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely moving. Okay. So um, the subject for today is understanding and eradicating institutionalized sexism and misogyny. And there is nobody better placed to talk about that <laughs> than you, Nikki. Um, so first question. Yeah, I guess, um, and I am, I just, I'm genuinely intrigued by this, you know, even away from it being a podcast kind of topic, I am genuinely interested in this, because obviously, this kind of stuff's on the news a lot, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and it just seems, well, if you watch a lot of the news, or you follow any particular yeah. media, what the media ends up portraying is that, you know, sexism and misogyny is getting worse. You know, so as a senior police officer, and I guess a few of these stories end up being in your kind of space a lot, a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, what what do you think? You know, the organisations need to do to make that work work for women in the context of yeah. sexism and misogyny. So I know you've probably got some lived experience in the police, yeah. but then you know you might might look at that broader, maybe in terms of friends, family, other people's experiences. Yeah doesn't just have to be through the lens of what it looks like in the police force. Yeah, I just think um, it, it, I mean, I think the police have got really um, sort of rightly so in in that space of is it institutionalised? And I think what happens then is we get caught in the sort of semantics of what does institutionalised mean um, and actually is the whole of policing sexist, racist. And for somebody who's very proud and worked really hard over 30 years, that, that's hard to align yourself to. Yeah. Um, but, and I th but I think sometimes the public, want the recognition that policing understand the work that they need to do on themselves as an organisation to build trust and confidence. So I understand where some of that's coming from. Um, and I think the danger is if you push back on it too much, you can be sort of accused of being institutionally arrogant, that you're not open to that feedback. Um, However, I also work with, um, I'm responsible for a whole district, loads of young police officers that are coming into the police. And I, I also feel that, you know, by saying that we're institutionally misogynist, I'm doing a lot of them a disservice who, who are great people. So the issue really is that we've had some, some of the worst misogynistic behaviours. We've had, I mean, quite frankly, vile, sort of violent criminal um, you know, high-profile cases that has really caused, you know, policing to come in under the spotlight, and rightly so. Um, but the reality of this is society, isn't it, more broadly, and some of the work that you are doing and advocating. And I think it's the causes and consequences of misogyny that then filters out into... Um, different places and different environments and I just think we have to be really vigilant about it calling it out stamping it out um and I think the police are really on that journey now um so internally um we do listening circles now with women oh, um, and try and get that lived experience um we have um chief officer buy-in to uh you know we have 
gold meetings, so sort of like very senior meetings where we can sort of feed back anonymously. This is some of, you know, women's experiences. Mm. Um, and it's about encouraging people from the minute that they come into the service to stand up and call this behaviour out and that it's not acceptable. Um, so... I think, you know, there's lots of debates about is the police really macho? You know, it's predominantly males that come in. You know, we're the types of work that we'd, we do, um, you know, where it's command and control, controlling situations. Um, I mean, even the language, it, isn't it? Even the language is male. Just, yeah, yeah. So, you know, command, control, power, um, you know, yeah. a lot of it. So, and also, I, I don't think the kind of how how police officers are portrayed on the in on tv helps does it like what you mean like in drama shows yeah in drama shows yeah. you know? and there's yeah. always a woman dead at the beginning of every one <laughs> seriously <laughs> always a woman you know and you go yeah, that, yeah here we go again and and it's you know it's always kind of like the lead is generally a man with a woman helping him and the woman solves the case but the guy gets all the credit and and it so it, <laughs> You know, it's not, I mean, as you know, Nikki, my husband's a retired police yeah. officer. He always says that that society gets the police force it deserves. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So when you Great. were talking yeah. about that bigger yeah. society, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, the police is only, a, only a, a reflection of what's going on. You know, you're not, then. not the, these yeah. unique, you know, sort of robotic creatures are you you you, you or godly either. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that the same society so Definitely. yeah and I think that's you know so some of the work that we're doing under violence against women and girls is also looking at and some of the work that you're doing in schools and looking at toxic masculinity and we've got a young person who's doing that in our schools locally in Rochdale so what I'm hearing is this isn't actually unique to policing this is a product of society but perhaps there's something in like you say maybe that macho culture maybe people if you don't call this out and eradicate it from the moment people come in and these are the conversations we're having if you let that you know people describe it as banter low level comments if you don't start to call that out yeah you microaggressions yeah. what happens if you are normalizing behavior of people that could be sexist misogynistic and actually that behavior will escalate and so what one person might think is innocent banter by not calling it out you're almost enabling it to manifest itself potentially yeah. in its worst yeah. form and yeah. I think yeah. that's really played out in policing yeah. um, and it probably does in other areas but we are also that agency that responds to women who are, you know, uh, really vulnerable, abused sexually, violently. So you need to trust the people that come in in your hour of need to be ethical and not have those views and, and be behaving really badly. So we have got to get our own house in order. Yeah. Um, kind of outside of the, well, I say, take it outside, yeah. at least in terms of your experiences in the organization but for the women that you may end up helping as victims yes. in those situations you know what are some of the things that they are coming up against that mean that you know in a work context some of this stuff that starts in work as sexism and misogyny and how's that playing out for them in their lives i.e to answer the question of does work 
women and work does it you know what's the what's the link for people in ordinary jobs i guess with that does it do you end up seeing that show up with victims sorry yeah i publish them yeah no no no. i I think i know what you said i think um what i what i see really is just in policing you see the very worst and the very best of people at times you know and i think what you see around so if you look at violence against women and girls and the types of crimes that we deal with you know it makes up 25 percent of our overall demand on policing so really you know it's really important to sort of you know everything ranging from stalking and harassment from sexual abuse domestic abuse um and i really think when you actually look at the behaviors that drive that and people's sort of values and beliefs it some of that really stem stems about attitudes just towards women you know generally and you see people that you know describe their you know, being trapped in relationships where, you know, um, they, they feel that there's no way out. And even the emotional abuse, um, you know, people get on their absolute lowest ebb and they just don't know how to get out, their capacity to parent, their capacity to work and to live a fulfilling normal life is completely taken away from them by somebody who's, you know, exerting that power and control. So, I think those dynamics are, you know, what we're trying to address, you know, positively, you know, in policing and in other areas in society. But it's got to start, hasn't it, in in having these conversations yeah. and empowering girls and boys yeah. and, and yeah. this isn't okay. Yeah. So when um, we talk about when we talk about calling it out and, mm. you know, stepping up, we're actually in a way we're putting the pressure on the women to do that. Yeah. And the girls to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, do you see, I mean, how are the men responding to some of that stuff? Are they, are they feeling attacked? Are they feeling um, happy that, that that's happening so that it can show that it's not, not all men are like that? Do you know what I mean? Are they, how are they feeling? Because they, obviously they've come in for some serious kickback yeah. in the media, haven't they? So how are they feeling in the police at the moment? Well, I think it's how you, you know, everybody's an individual. It's how you, um, it's how you tackle it as well, because, um, you know, you're asking behavioural change here, aren't you, fundamentally, about how people think. And you can join the police and think what you want. We may never know that. Um, you know, we may never truly know what people think and believe but actually we've got standards in the police that you've got to adhere to. So I think that that's what we've got to differentiate to start to just to, to get rid of those poor behaviours is this yeah. is what we stand for. You start to breach this and do anything that doesn't meet our standards. We are going to say that's enough. And, and, and we're really doing that. And, you know, the types of, you know, if there's any behaviours that would sort of be, um, you know, in that that realm of domestic abuse or sexist or misogynistic, we have internal complaints and discipline. And there's a massive uptick now in in, in that being reported through and people being suspended and, and, yeah. and referred referred yeah. on. But I think that low level stuff and, and I hate saying that low level stuff because you know what the impact that that stuff, those conversations, that language can have. But I think if you tell people off for saying things, it kind of goes underground and it can have the reverse effect. So you have to be quite 
you probably do some of this in schools, Joe. You have to be really sort of sophisticated in the way that you go about this because ultimately you want people to shift their thinking, don't you? And yeah. and yeah. to just as an adult have somebody to say, Don't say that, you can't, yeah. say, can't that. say that. Yeah. yeah. That's that back sort of narrative then about everyone's gone woke and, yeah. and you get that almost polar opposites. Um but you so it is really it. complex. People have to know that if they do something, then there's going to be some recourse. There's going to be yeah. some action, yeah. don't they? So yeah. what, what we see in schools a lot of the time is girls not reporting bad behaviour. Yeah. They don't report aggressive behaviour. They don't report what we would see as sexism and misogyny. Yeah. Because they have to think it's normal. Mm. Because yeah. it's been normalised. Yeah. On TV and in every soap opera, they watch. what's happening in their house, happening in their house, or um, you know, it's like, what's the point? Because no one's going to do anything with it. Absolutely, and that's that, and nobody does do anything with it. So, in a lot of schools, you know, this behaviour has been normalised, and mm -hmm. so you know, I I say to them, but that's not a reason not to report it, because yeah. you know, if you all keep reporting it, at some point there's going to be a tipping point, and the school are going to have to do something if yes. you just now sit back and go well we're not bothering miss because you know nothing happens boys behave like that in our school would, would you understand that that behavior is unacceptable well yeah yeah, yeah but what we're going to do you're going to report it yeah. if you don't they'll keep doing it and, definitely you know, and nobody knows that they're doing it so you know, even if you've got to be outside the head's office five times a day to report that, you all have to agree that you're going to support each other yeah. and you're going to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so it starts young. It starts really young that, um, you know, we've normalised this violence so much, haven't we? It's just... Everything. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because we've looked at, um, you know, different charities have done stuff on them, like a, a temperature gauge on misogyny. And it's really interesting on that gauge, actually, where women are in that space and how women are be behave towards other women. Yeah. Um, so particularly women who might feel that this is um, career limiting. Um, you know, am I going to get on if I say this? Um, you know. I, I actually I'm not I'm not going to be around this because it could affect me um and so it, it's quite complex in different layers maybe they're so, not calling it out yeah for fear of it affecting yeah. career and so on potentially or to yeah. even potentially for another woman another that they're woman. seeing it happen to or a man actually yeah, yeah. yeah. Be able yeah. to step in and go, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not, not all right not to all say right. that. Yeah, yeah. That there's repercussions there, yeah. or there's a fear of repercussions, yeah. some consequences, yeah. isn't there, to yeah. doing that? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what Absolutely. I was trying to start with, with your long winded question, question, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've got this great, um, like, yeah, this tool that's called misogyny temperature check tool, and and it's 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 that whole range, and and women actually have a have a role in that in terms of covert and overt misogyny, and how we support each other and when we support each other, and so I think that's that's interesting in itself, um, and we're looking at sort of. Um, you know, we've we've had some support from the College of Policing around behavioural change in this space, and there's something about if you reward and recognise people for standing up, yeah. you know, what you promote, you permit. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's really interesting as to whether people will want to say, you know, I recognise that this person's done a really good thing. 
whether people want to put their name to that. So I don't know where we are yet with that. Yeah. That that in itself yeah. will tell us yeah. where we are, whether people actually want to say, I'm going to put my name to rewarding or recognising these yeah. people for doing the right thing. And that's what I mean about people sort of around this agenda. Um, you know, they're not quite... You can be really clear about those high-profile cases, can't you? Yeah. Really clear yeah, that that absolutely unacceptable but some of this lower level stuff I think yeah. people look at themselves and think oh you know where am I in this yeah. and that's what we're going to try and eradicate is actually this just isn't acceptable that's what we're standing up for yeah. um and and we need everybody to take that that because well, right, it's like knowing what that is isn't it because for some women yeah. that might just be playful banter and I'm not I'm not yeah. saying about that I'm absolutely fine and for another woman that might be I feel I feel really yeah deeply uncomfortable about what you've just said yeah but, but also we we always talk about at the end of every podcast or one of our solutions is always sisterhood it's always yeah. about supporting yeah. each other but i've been in situations i'm sure you have and i'm sure you have joe's where the women in the room have not supported me yeah and when there's yeah. been something and sometimes it's so much easier and, and less conflicting and confrontational if somebody else can call something out that's just happened to you they might say whoa hang on a minute i don't don't really think that's yeah. really appropriate yeah. you know the way you've just yeah. got the game um but i've been in many many places with just now and the women yeah. are, they're not it's not that they don't like me it's that they don't even yeah. recognize that behavior yeah. don't even recognize yeah. it because again they're so used to it yeah. and it's so normal for the man to speak them that way that they don't recognize that that's not like normal. oh yeah well that's just john yeah. john's all yeah you know like what that. john's like you know yeah. what I mean and, yeah. you know and uh yeah. mm -hmm. but you know uh, yeah. Vicky, when you were saying actually you know it is about calling it out but doing it in the right way i think for a lot of people both men and women mm -hmm. Um, who know it's, you know, when they're sitting in a situation and they're like, oh, God, this isn't all right. I know I should say something, but I don't know what. And you were saying, actually, sometimes if we call it out, we send them the other way, they go even worse yeah. and it all gets a bit woke. Do you have any kind of advice to maybe the women who and the odd man or two that might be listening? Yeah. So how do you do that then in a way that moves it forward? in you know in the direction we'd yeah. like to see it i don't expect like a silver bullet or an overnight fix but what yeah. I, I, I am i'm looking for one, I'm looking for one. <laughs> I've got a silver yeah. bullet bring it on <laughs> yeah i, I think, think um, what, what's the way to what's the way to go about it that's helpful well, I, I think I'm in a position of influence, so I've got a responsibility to do something. So I think it's relevant to what you can influence as well and not to be too judgy about that because I think that can put too much pressure on people. But I'm certainly here in the policing context, anybody who's a supervisor has got a position of influence and a responsibility to move this agenda forward. And so I wouldn't find it excusable in any shape or form if a young student officer was experienced something and went to a supervisor and nothing was done. So there's a line in the sand for me. If you've got a position of influence, you've got to use that for good. Um, and it's incumbent upon you. And there's there's no sort of, well, I, I, don't, I didn't feel comfortable. You've got to do that. That's part of your role. But I think if you're not in, in a position where that, that is incumbent on your role, I think um, 
there's things like so what we've done is we've got um uh, anonymous lines where you can um so sometimes you need to triangulate information so like you said oh that's just john that's the way he is well it could be that somebody new to the organization thinks well actually john's really out of touch and he shouldn't be doing this um so we've got a line where you can put 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 that in uh and then you can sort of look at that information and then actually sit down and have a conversation with somebody and say listen um and it depends what that if that behaviors against our i'm talking in the police context against our code it's a criminal offence, then there's only one way we're dealing with it. But if it's that lower level stuff, it is about trying to be inclusive and asking people to reflect on the impact of their behaviour and giving people a bridge to which to withdraw, you know. So if you're really telly off and sort of you're wrong, I'm right, I think you get into defensive sort of conversations. But by a P, and I think you get a sense when you speak to somebody like that. You yeah, because you know the intention aware? might be right, the intention might be yeah. positive, but it's just the way they've expressed it that you know yeah. caused offence. Yeah. So if the, if the intention behind the words is positive, yeah, then something to yeah. work on, isn't it? If they don't even see that they've done anything wrong and they get arsy about it, well, then it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Definitely. And I think um, and I think you get a sense of that really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my advice is to if, if if you're in a position to influence, you'd have that conversation um, because that, again, starts to move it forward that that's not what that's not acceptable. Um, if you're not in that position uh, and, and you're nervous about doing it, I think it's that going through those mechanisms, going and speaking to somebody you trust um you know having conversations with someone because sometimes being an upstander isn't in that moment you could hit, see something or hear something and then go afterwards and say to someone are you okay you know I, I'm not you know how did that feel for you I wasn't really clear about um you know what your response was to that it felt a bit you know inappropriate are you okay that can sometimes just help somebody to open up mm-hmm. um or then, to, you know, certainly here where I work, I'd be supporting people to to go to a line manager. And I want to know about it, essentially, because that's the only way you you change culture is to just constantly be vigilant and be be on it. And I think you also got to give people an opportunity to say their piece. So we talk about, don't we, being inclusive, but then it's like, oh, we're, we're inclusive, but then somebody says something you don't like and all the door, you know, all the shutters come down and it's like, but actually sometimes you've got to be prepared to hear things that you might feel uncomfortable about or, you know, initially you have a reaction to and just sort of step back and let people have that 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 cathartic release um, and whatever that um, brings. What I'm kind of gleaming from that is, you know what, don't go in there like a bull in a china shop and no. someone off, because actually that just normally flares it up a bit even more yeah. in some way, shape or form. But actually to start a bit of a curious conversation to go, yeah. you know, when you said that, what did you mean or what yeah. was the intention? Yeah. Did, you, did you get a sense of how that landed with yeah. Sarah when yeah. you said it? Yeah. Because yeah. I know yeah. it, that she reacted like this, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and I spoke to her afterwards, and yeah, she was a little bit unsettled mm-hmm. by that comment. Mm-hmm. Can you see how she would feel like that? Mm-hmm. Is that what you kind of suggesting that conversation would be like? Definitely, yeah. definitely, Joe. And I think that's the big thing with big institutions like the police. The fundamental thing is you've got to be open to feedback and have humility. Because if you've got those qualities, yeah, yeah, you can you can reflect and learn, can't you? Um, 
but if if you're not hardwired for a bit of feedback and to be humble and accept that you might have got something wrong or you could learn from something that that then that is the problem really because I don't think any of us get it right do we you know God, no we're not perfect sorry I'm really interested as to what the temperature feels like for men in the police at the moment because you know we've had several conversations with women in other organizations who are concerned that the men are feeling a bit attacked or isolated or or excluded or you know feeling like it's like you know I don't fit in it's all you know they don't matter anymore they don't matter so you know how what's the temperature like in the in the police in terms of the men yeah I think I think there is a, a bit of that I think I think um you know the first response is well I'm not like those people that are in the news that's not me um and so and the vast majority of people are you know it's a really tiny um percentage and I think um so that that's the first sort of sort of instinctive um a feeling I think I've got a a male um who works with me around violence against women and girls and and we felt it was really important that men and women should be working on this together in the police um so it's not seen as a women's issues it's seen as a societal issue and men and women are part of the solution you know um so but I do think men do feel a bruise and that's why bruise and that's why I'm saying it's you're not going to solve this overnight there's certain things the police need to do overnight and 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 get the house in order which we're doing in terms of of how we identify and anything that could be remotely like this but I think the longer term piece is how do you change people's beliefs around women and men and you know that's a longer term piece isn't it which you're doing a brilliant yeah, well, yeah. job at. One, girl, one girl at a time one yeah, girl one at girl a time one girl at a time yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah it is it is it's a it's a societal thing isn't it and it just reflects in every organization differently and i suppose the spotlight's on you more because people are hoping that you're going to fix it aren't they yeah. ridiculous yeah. so but you know they think that you're the place where it gets fixed and you know that's not necessarily true no. is it I'd love to see your type of work with boys in school and and I really would love to see that mirrored with boys yes. about their own yeah. identity yeah uh, what 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 it's like to be a male and relationships with female that's where it's got to come together I mean there uh, are lots of organizations that are working with boys doing that I mean yeah you know, they're not going to do the same stuff that we do but then the boys don't need a lot of the stuff that we do they want to be working with men they don't want women um you know so I think that you know and I've always said that if there's any organizations out there that work with boys or you know anybody that wants to set up something for boys you know we're yeah. more than happy to support them um yeah. you know we do support some men that go into schools but we are also looking at an anti-manifesto an anti-misogyny manifesto to put yeah. into schools next term and as Brilliant. part of that we will be working with boys but we're working Brilliant. with them because we recognize that we can't ignore the way that's impacting the girls yeah, yeah. so we need yeah. to put them together and mm-hmm. say okay you know boys you go off with this guy to talk about this and you come up with us and then we'll have these conversations and we'll put you back together and it's what you learn about each other and how are you now going to interact yeah. so it's that kind of, so yeah. that we are doing that from you know from next term um brilliant but you know will we be doing boys out loud anytime soon no 
No. It's not what we're passionate about. It's like, you know, we're about equity. We're about making yeah. sure the girls have got the equity to, to yeah. equality with the, with the boys. And we're a long way off that. Well, maybe maybe when the, maybe when the day arrives that it's it, oh we get there absolutely it won't be in our lifetime maybe but, not. you know our daughters <laughs> or whatever or some of our little sisters you know who will pick up you know baton. in their lifetime they'll be picking up that baton yeah we're just trying to get yeah. of equity that's what we're doing definitely and I think um I think when you come into a job that's male dominated, what is really interesting, I think, is how men and women define what's male and female as well. And you sometimes sort of see um, it's a very physical, there's a physicality to policing, I think, yeah. you know, the very nature of it. And it's really interesting as to what you define as a typical male female and potentially how. Uh, females might try and morph and take on more typical masculine behaviours to fit in. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of subtle things that need to be done to say, actually, you know, you can yeah, just female. be yourself. You. Whatever that female, whatever that is for you, yes. being female, that you can be that yeah. and still really be good at your job. Yeah. Um, so I think you some of that... family liaison. Yeah, you don't just have to be well, the family liaison well, like officer. Well, we were always just on the front desk. On the front desk, yeah. 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 I love the bell. I used to love the bell. Yeah. On, on gold. For me, Sarah Lancaster <laughs> changed all that. She changed the whole way women look at police in yeah. Happy Valley, didn't she? Did you watch Happy oh, Valley? Oh God, yeah. I, I, she changed Happy the Valley game for me. She yeah. changed the game. Yeah. For me. I absolutely. Yeah. So she changed the game. So um. So yeah. So so. Really, Nikki, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. We love oh, you. You're thank you. amazing. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, a lot of the women that work for you are also amazing. I've seen lots of them, had conversations with lots of them. Um, so if yeah. we get more of you and we get more of more women in the police, um, then, you know, we're going to change it. We're going to change it, definitely. Definitely. And I'm, I'm, I love the fact that we're working with you and little sisters in school because I think, um, you know, sometimes... Uh, young girls aren't necessarily exposed to the police yeah. um you yeah. know and well, they are but for the wrong reasons or for the wrong reasons yeah we hope that's not the case um <laughs> but i just think it's um it's 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 nice for us for, for girls to perhaps see this as maybe a career in the future you get excited and, don't they when we bring yeah. like when you oh my god role model relay yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i remember not so long ago when some of your team were on their role model yeah. relay and um, they let the girls have a go at putting the vest on and trying yeah. to run in it. They were all running, <laughs> running up and down the sports hall in a, in a police vest, going, "Oh my god, this is so yeah, heavy!" Yeah, yeah. and they love they love yeah, dressing yeah. up. They love dressing up, don't they? And then, and you're right, though, they get a completely different view because their view is, well, they probably don't see many police women to start off with. Yeah, you know, yeah. The police is it's male, so yeah, it's it's kind of, even detectives. It's male because that's all they see on the telly um in well, the and so on I was laughing with my little sister the other day because it's been glorious weather hasn't it and I went into school and I was going in between meetings so I was in my uniform and halfway through she <laughs> she was moaning bless her saying oh it's so hot miss and I hate wearing my uniform and I said look at me I said I'm sat I said me and you are the same I'm sat in mine, mine. and everyone yes. was floating around in lovely summer clothes <laughs> yeah, we were bonding over the yes. fact that we didn't yeah. think it was fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it's lovely to talk yeah, to you, Nikki. And I guess, you know, we love to leave all our listeners with uh, what they can do to make a difference. And I think having that conversation around how you can call it out differently to get a bit of a different reaction mm-hmm. um, yeah. is definitely mm-hmm. food for thought yeah. for anybody. Yeah, and support other people. Yeah. So it may not necessarily be, what you. did you call it, an upstander? An upstanding behaviour. Somebody that comes in that even if you as an upstander don't feel that you can call it out in the moment and and we've got to respect people for all sorts of reasons why they can't. The fact that you're an upstander, you're going to go and speak to somebody afterwards and say, are you okay? Do you want to talk? Even that helps somebody perhaps to think about, am I going to say something? And like I say, what you promote, you commit. That's a really important point because actually sometimes you go out of a situation and you think, well, I'm, I miss I miss the moment. I can't do anything. Yeah. No, that's not true, is it? It's not, yeah. it's not. No, it's not. And it's about finding the right space for you, isn't it? But you've got to create those spaces. That's what we've got to do. You do it and we've all got to do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank oh, you. and mine. Thank you for being your first guest. Yay. <laughs> Take care, ladies. You have been listening to Jane and Jodes on One. Until next time, remember, sisterhood matters. Together, we are bold, brave, fierce and unstoppable.